Today is the 19th day of April. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. And it is great to be here with you today. Although this is the most somber day of the year in the life of a believer. Today is Good Friday. Today commemorates the day that Jesus was crucified. So it's important for us to uh, to keep that at the forefront of our thoughts today. And uh, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit at the end of our reading today. Even though it is Good Friday, it is another day. And as is our rhythm, we will take the next step forward in the scriptures this year. And we've been reading from the New Living Translation this week. Today, Joshua chapter 19 and 20. The second allotment of land went to the clans of the tribe of Simeon. Their homeland was surrounded by Judah's territory. Simeon's homeland included Beersheba, Sheba, Molada, Hazar Shual, Bala, Izem, Eltolad, Bethul, Horma, Ziklag, Bet Markabot, Hazar Susa, Bet Lebeot, and Sharuin. Thirteen towns with their surrounding villages. It also included Ain, Ramon, Ather, and Ashan, four towns with their villages, including all the surrounding villages as far south as Beilat Bir, also known as Rama of the Negev. This was the homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Simeon. Their allocation of land came from part of what had been given to Judah because Judah's territory was too large for them. So the tribe of Simeon received an allocation within the territory of Judah. The third allotment of land went to the clans of the tribe of Zebulun. The boundary of Zebulun's homeland started at Sarid. From there it went west, going past Maralah, touching Dabesheth, and proceeding to the brook east of Yokneam. In the other direction, the boundary went east from Zarid to the border of Kisloth-Tabor, and from there to Debarat, and up to Japhia. Then it continued east to Gath-Hefer, Eth-Kazin, and Ramon, and turned toward Nia. The northern boundary of Zebulun passed Hanaton, and ended at the valley of Iftah-El. The towns in these areas included Katath, Nahalal, Shimron, Idala, and Bethlehem, twelve towns with their surrounding villages. The homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Zebulun included these towns and their surrounding villages. The fourth allotment of land went to the clans of the tribe of Issachar. Its boundaries included the following towns, Jezreel, Kesulot, Shunem, Hafarim, Shion, Anaharat, Rabit, Kishion, Ibez, Rimeth, Enganim, Enhada, and Bet Pezez. The boundary also touched Tabor, Shahazuma, and Bet Shemesh, ending at the Jordan River. Sixteen towns with their surrounding villages. 
The homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Issachar included these towns and their surrounding villages. The fifth allotment of land went to the clans of the tribe of Asher. Its boundaries included these towns. Helkath, Hali, Biten, Aksaf, Alamalek, Ahmad, and Mishal. The boundary on the west touched Carmel and Shihor Libnat. Then it turned east toward Bet Dagon and ran as far as Zebulun in the valley of Iftah El, going north to Bet Imek and Nael. It then continued north to Kabul, Abdon, Rehob, Hamon, Kana, and as far as Greater Sidon. Then the boundary turned toward Ramah and the fortress of Tyre, where it turned toward Hosa and came to the Mediterranean Sea. The territory also included Mahabel, Akzib, Uma, Aphek, and Rehob, twenty-two towns with their surrounding villages. The homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Asher included these towns and their surrounding villages. The sixth allotment of land went to the clans of the tribe of Naphtali. Its boundary ran from Halef, from the oak at Zeanaim, and extended across to Adami Nikeb, Jabneel, and as far as Lakum, ending at the Jordan River. The western boundary ran past Asnoth Tabor, then to Hukok, and touched the border of Zebulun in the south, the border of Asher on the west, and the Jordan River on the east. The fortified towns included in this territory was Zedim, Zer, Hamad, Rakat, Kinneret, Adama, Rama, Hatzor, Kedesh, Adrai, and Hatzor. Iran, Migdal El, Horem, Bet Anath, and Bet Shemesh. Nineteen towns with their surrounding villages. The homeland, allocated to the clans of the tribe of Naphtali, included these towns and their surrounding villages. The seventh allotment of land went to the clans of the tribe of Dan. The land allocated as their homeland included the following towns Zora, Eshtael, Ur Shemesh, Sha'alabin, Aijalon, Isla, Ilon, Timna, Ekron, Eltika, Gibiton, Be'alat, Jehud, Bene Barak, Gat Ramon, Mijarkon, Rakon, and the territory across from Joppa. But the tribe of Dan had trouble taking possession of their land. So they attacked the town of Laish. They captured it, slaughtered its people, and settled there. They renamed the town Dan after their ancestor. The homeland allocated to the clans of the tribe of Dan included these towns and their surrounding villages. After all the land was divided among the tribes the Israelites gave a piece of land to Joshua as his allocation. For the Lord had said he could have any town he wanted. He chose Timnath Sira in the hill country of Ephraim. He rebuilt the town and lived there. 
These are the territories that Eleazar the priest, Joshua son of Nun, and the tribal leaders allocated as grants of land to the tribes of Israel by casting sacred lots in the presence of the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle at Shiloh. So the division of the land was completed. The Lord said to Joshua, Now, tell the Israelites to designate the cities of refuge, as I instructed Moses. Anyone who kills another person accidentally and unintentionally can run to one of these cities. They will be places of refuge from relatives seeking revenge for the person who was killed. Upon reaching one of these cities, the one who caused the death will appear before the elders at the city gate and present his case. They must allow him to enter the city and give him a place to live among them. If the relatives of the victim come to avenge the killing, the leaders must not release the slayer to them, for he killed the other person unintentionally and without previous hostility. But the slayer must stay in that city and be tried by the local assembly, which will render a judgment. And he must continue to live in that city until the death of the high priest who was in office at the time of the accident. After that, he is free to return to his own home in the town from which he fled. The following cities were designated as cities of refuge. Kadesh of Galilee, in the hill country of Naphtali, Shechem, in the hill country of Ephraim, and Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the hill country of Judah. On the east side of the Jordan River, across from Jericho, the following cities were designated. Bezer, in the wilderness plain of the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth, in Gilead, in the territory of the tribe of Gad, and Golan, in Bishan, in the land of the tribe of Manasseh. These cities were set apart for all the Israelites as well as the foreigners living among them. Anyone who accidentally killed another person could take refuge in one of these cities. In this way they could escape being killed in revenge prior to standing trial before the local assembly. Luke 19, 28 through 48. After telling this story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. As he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. 
As he rode along, the crowds spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowds said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, If they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. How I wish today that you of all people, would understand the way to peace. But now, it is too late, and peace is hidden from your eyes. Before long, your enemies will build ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close in on you from every side. They will crush you into the ground and your children with you. Your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you. And Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people selling animals for sacrifices. He said to them, The scriptures declare, My temple will be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. After that, he taught daily in the temple. But the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the other leaders of the people began planning how to kill him. But they could think of nothing, because all the people hung on every word he said. Psalm 88 For the choir director a psalm of the descendants of Korah, a song to be sung to the tune, The Suffering of Affliction, a psalm of Heman, the Ezraite. O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out to you by day. I come to you at night. Now hear my prayer. Listen to my cry. For my life is full of troubles, and death draws near. I am as good as dead, like a strong man with no strength left. They have left me among the dead, and I lie like a corpse in a grave. I am forgotten, cut off from your care. You have thrown me into the lowest pits, into the darkest depths. Your anger weighs me down with wave after wave. You have engulfed me. You have driven my friends away by making me repulsive to them. I am in a trap with no way of escape. My eyes are blinded by my tears. Each day I beg for your help. O oh Lord, I lift my hands to you for mercy. 
Are your wonderful deeds of any use to the dead? Do the dead rise up and praise you? Can those in the grave declare your unfailing love? Can they proclaim your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Can the darkness speak of your wonderful deeds? Can anyone in the land of forgetfulness talk about your righteousness? O Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. O Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? I have been sick and close to death since my youth. I stand helpless and desperate before your terrors. Your fierce anger has overwhelmed me. Your terrors have paralyzed me. They swirl around me like floodwaters all day long. They have engulfed me completely. You have taken away my companions and loved ones. Darkness is my closest friend. Proverbs 13 12 through 14. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. People who despise advice are asking for trouble. Those who respect a command will succeed. The instruction of the wise is like a life-giving fountain. Those who accept it avoid the snares of death. Okay, so as I mentioned at the beginning, today is Good Friday, and really what else should or would we talk about? This is a day that we've been leading up to. And we began to observe uh, this season uh, almost 40 days ago, I guess 37, 38 days ago, uh, on Ash Wednesday, which began the season of Lent. And we talked about it along the way, and some people observe Lent and some people don't, and it's not a command in the Bible, it's, it's a, a way of preparing our hearts to get here and to get through here. And we can't get to Easter, which is perhaps the most important day in the life of a believer. We would say maybe this is the important, most important day in human history, Easter. But we can't get there without coming through here. And today is a day that commemorates the day that Jesus was nailed to a cross and hung in unspeakable agony, uh, pain that I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to think about. Uh, but it wasn't just a physical pain. It wasn't just the physical torture that would eventually cause his heart to stop beating. It, it was the weight of the sins of the world upon his shoulders and the utter and complete rejection of everyone 
It was the weight of the verbal abuse and the lying. It was the weight of the being spit upon and smacked around. It was the weight of the world upon his shoulders. And so, thankfully, we do understand that Easter is coming. Thankfully, we have that hope. But if we put ourselves back with the disciples, if we put ourselves back with the people who were following Jesus uh, at a distance, if we go back to the people who were talking about the things that Jesus was talking about and it was spreading like wildfire and they were following this man, and then we get to today, and rather than any any other uh, number of things that could have happened that this day took the life of this person and his life was taken by crucifixion, a horrible death. And we don't know that we can look forward to Easter. He said stuff about this, but it was all cryptic and we don't understand. And we watch him bow his head in death then we would properly put ourselves in the confused and black day that it is. Because we do certainly look forward to Easter. We certainly do understand that that's coming. But today, we put ourselves in the position of understanding that the light of the world went out, was snuffed out, and that Jesus came off of the cross dead and he was wrapped with spices and put into a tomb quickly to avoid all of the problems with Passover. And they had planned to get through Passover and come back and get his body and figure out what to do. That was the plan. So we put ourselves in that position and even if you go to a Good Friday service today, de depending on the tradition, you'll probably receive communion or the Eucharist. But uh, uh, an appropriate way to end a Good Friday service is that the candle gets blown out and everything goes dark and everyone leaves in silence. Because what worse thing could happen besides the light of the world being taken out of the world? What hope would be left after that? And that's where we leave ourselves on Good Friday. We've been considering during the season of Lent the weight, the cost of our freedom. And we've invited God to reorganize and reprioritize our lives and take out whatever doesn't need to be there and put in whatever does to just allow ourselves to lament and sit with it. And so we come to this day of ultimate grief. Now we're face to face with what it cost to give us our freedom. We've been tracking with the Bible and through the sacrificial system and all the way uh, through all of the things that would need to be done to remind a person of how helpless they are without God. And then we get to this day and we see that people could still, could still 
could still try to do away with the Lord. And yet in spite of it all, what the Lord is saying through this scene that we commemorate today is that I am doing away with sin. Sin isn't going to be the, the story anymore. Once and for all, this is being dealt with. We are not going to be separated anymore. We're going to be united. And so that's what we hope in as we move toward Easter. But today, today we experience the blackness of the day that it is. Today we consider what it would be like if there were no Easter. Today we consider the price that was paid to take the shackles off of our lives and give us freedom. And we once again consider the shackles that we keep putting back on that don't need to be there anymore. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you into the experience of this Good Friday. Uh, for some of us, it'll just be another day. And we'll be busy and we'll get things done. And for others of us, we'll sit with the blackness of this day. And for most of us, it'll be something in between. We invite your Holy Spirit to bring near what it cost to remove sin as a, a, as a part of our story, to give us the freedom to walk away from a dead-end life and onto a narrow path that will lead to life. We sit with these things and we thank you, Jesus. We are humbled, but the, the truth is the word, there aren't the right words, uh, that at least that I know, that can properly show gratitude and it, it be big enough. You changed our lives completely and utterly. And we apologize for the shackles that we keep putting on ourselves. And we ask that your Holy Spirit lead us through this season to Resurrection Day and that those chains fall off once and for all. Come Holy Spirit, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. Death be not proud, though the whole world fear. Mighty and dreadful, you may seem. But death be not proud, for your pride has failed. Slave to 